It says, while they were eating, so in other words, while Jesus and all the disciples who were there having a meal, Jesus took some bread, which is not unusual because the bread would have been there on the table. They would have kind of taken a bit, ripped it off, and uh, they would have eaten it. And that was the usual thing. Uh, we have this wonderful thing today where we cut our bread up, don't we? We have slices of bread, but it just would have been a loaf of bread and they would have broken a bit off as they needed it. And Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks, so we obviously thank God for it. And he, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and he said something like he'd never said before. He'd never said this before. He said, hey guys, take and eat because this bread represents my body. Wow. What's he talking about? They must have been a little confused, to be honest. What's he talking about? This bread represents his body. And then he took a cup, which was, wasn't unusual uh, for a meal, to take, have a cup of wine. And when he'd given thanks for that as well, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. Drink from this cup. Because now this is my blood of the covenant of the new promise, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And once again, the disciples would have been there at that table, that meal, and they would have gone, what? <laughs> That's a new, a new thought. This, this is, and it wasn't, the wine wasn't blood, actual blood. It was a representation, he said, of my blood, which is poured out. And I was just contemplating that. And so Jesus took the moment in the middle of a meal to really emphasize it. And he had the elements there, he had bread and he had wine. And so he was going to use them to represent and to share in a significant and important story about an event that was about to unfold in the days following his, this meal together they had. And it says he gave thanks on two occasions in, those, in Matthew's account. He gave thanks. And whatever you may think about Jesus Christ tonight, I pray that you would, um, I pray that there would be a moment that you'd always come to the point of just being thankful for what Christ has done. Always been just opportunity to give thanks. And it, and it says that Jesus broke the bread. It's interesting, Jesus didn't give the bread to one of his disciples to break. He broke it. And when you think about the significance of that, when Jesus went to the cross, soldiers nailed him to the cross. But you know what? It, it says that he allowed that to happen. He was the one who literally allowed his own body to be broken. As, as much as he broke that bread, that, that, that last meal they had together, he allowed his body to be broken. He didn't, he didn't, he could have stopped the whole procedure. He could have stopped the process of death, but he didn't because he willingly gave himself for humanity. He gave for us. And then it says, take, he said, take and eat. This is my body. And in saying that, he was referring to his body, of course. And significance in John chapter 6, another part of the New Testament, verse 35, it said he was the bread of life. Jesus says, you know, in another part of the Bible, he says, you know, I'm the bread of life. And right now, he kind of refers to that again as he says, take and eat because this is my body. I'm that bread. And you think about bread, you know, if you bought a full loaf, you've got to break it. Bread's always got to be broken for the full value of the nutrition to come out, the full flavor to come out. Of course, in your mouth, of course, you break that bread up and you gain the full benefit of it. And Christ gave his and his body was broken. And when his body was broken, we see that um, eternal life was released for us because his blood poured out. His blood poured out and there's life in blood. You lose more than 40% of your blood, you're dead. And that's exactly what happened to Christ that day. His blood was poured out and he died physically. And, and, and he was very much 
um, he, he was acting out exactly what he shared on that first night when he shared with his disciples, this is my body which is broken for you. He gave his all, didn't he? Incredible thing. It says in actually an Old Testament scripture, it says the life of each creature is in its blood. And so I give you the blood of animals to pay for the sin on the altar. That was the Old Testament principle. Sacrifice an animal, let the blood be poured out and your sins can be forgiven. It was such a habitual thing they could do. No more was it going to be that anymore. Jesus Christ once and for all was shed his blood for humanity. And Jesus says, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant or the promise, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Notice he just didn't say it's just for you disciples. It's just not for the people who are living in this century, but for many, meaning all of us. Isn't that a great for eternity, for all humanity? And tonight as we take uh, this simple uh, biscuit, we don't have bread, but it's a biscuit. It represents the body of Christ that was broken for us. And, and this, in this little cup, it represents, it's just grape juice. It represents the blood. Um, you know, and, and tonight as we eat and drink, uh, it says, do this in remembrance of Christ, remembrance of him. So as we eat and drink, you don't need to, uh, let's give our focus to him. Let's give him our thanks to him. Um, it says to eat and drink in a, and don't eat and drink in an unworthy manner. And, you know, I often re- I realize that all of us are unworthy. But the unworthy manner that we're talking about in Scripture in Corinthians when they said that was don't go focusing on yourself. Focus on him as you come and eat and drink. So how about we just stand tonight and uh, take this moment just to reflect for a moment and say thank you to Christ Thank you to God for sending His Son. Father, we would thank You tonight. We thank You for that which You've given. You've given Your all. Jesus, God, You gave Your all. You gave Your Son. And then, Jesus, You gave Your all and that You gave Your life. Um, And Your body was broken. Your blood was shed. And there's a new promise tonight. There's a promise in that blood. There's a promise that we can have eternal life if we receive and accept You as our personal Lord and our Saviour. That is a promise for us. We thank you, Father, that the bread represents your body, the drink represents your blood. And we give you thanks that it also represents eternal life and blessing. And so we thank you tonight. So in doing this, eat and drink in remembrance of Christ. Thank you, Father. All his benefits tonight. Because of what he did for us, his benefits, healing, help, wholeness. His benefits, blessing, forgiveness, eternal life. All because of what Christ done for us. We just thank you tonight. Thank you tonight. We can live tonight because of Christ, of what you did for us. We thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. We give you thanks. Give you praise. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may uh, 
Someone might take you past your cups to the end and someone will collect them. Fantastic. Thanks, Kate. <laughs> Appreciate that. I want to just share another passage of Scripture with you tonight, and it's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. And I want us to give us a little focus of that just for a few moments. Um, it's up there on the screen, but let me read it to you if you've got your own Bible or device. You may use yours. But it just says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, My son, and uh, that's generic, so it could be daughter, my son or daughter, do not forget my law, uh, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace may, they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And then uh, these wonderful verses that some of us um, um, uh, use a lot or rem- memorize more than um, a lot of verses in Proverbs, but this verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge who? Him, and he will direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and part from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. What a great passage, full of so much information just in those few short verses. And, um, you know, Solomon wrote these verses. Solomon was the son of King David. And at the time, Solomon was the wisest, said to be the wisest man in all of the world. And so these are good words. These are good uh, principles here. And as we look at this um, passage from verses 1 to 8, there's some structure in there that kind of gives us some outline of um, some thoughts. And, and verses 1 and 3 are like an umbrella kind of statement over the whole of this passage. Um, it covers the whole passage. And if you look at verse 1, it says a couple of things. It says, don't forget my law, keep my commandments. Pretty simple, don't forget my law. Keep my commandments. In verse 3 is another kind of umbrella statement. and It just simply says, be merciful and truthful. There we go. It was merciful and truthful. If you, if you were to live simply by mercy and truth all the days of your life, you'd, life would go well for you. Just think about it. Living truthfully, uh, living by truth, not being caught up with uh, uh, some elements of falseness, but just living in truth and living in mercy. Finding mercy for people, finding those two things are are so vital. But there's more. Because if you go to verses 2 and 4, it really shows you the result of doing verses 1 and 3. And it says in verse 2, simply this, uh, you'll have long life and you'll have peace. Right there is a desire every one of us would have to have uh, say, yeah, I'll have that. Uh, A long life and peace. Um, And then it says in verse... Uh, four, it says this, uh, you'll find favor with God and you'll find favor with other people. Great. They're the, they're the kind of results of doing verse 1 and 3. But if you go to verse 4 and 5 and 6, it tells us how, again, how we can achieve that. And it says in verse 5 particularly, it says, lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You see, it says, don't lean. You know the word lean just says to not, it's, it's really talking about, it means to support oneself. And this scripture here is saying, um, it says, don't support yourself sometimes. It's not saying, please understand what it's not saying. It's not saying don't have understanding. We all need understanding, don't we? 
But what it's saying is it says sometimes your understanding needs to be supplemented with some greater wisdom than just yourself. Would you agree? Because my understanding sometimes gets filtered through a whole lot of stuff that's happened in my life. You know, and sometimes the emotion of the moment or the fear or the worry or the anxiety causes my understanding to come out with a different result and a wrong result and an unwise um, action on my part. Does that make sense? And so my understanding always about situations is not necessarily accurate or true. So I need to invest or supplement it with wisdom greater than myself. That's what that verse is really saying. Something more than just ourselves. Because my mindset, uh, you know, can be tainted by a whole lot of other stuff. Who knows, you know, just because you got bit by a dog, bitten by a dog doesn't mean all dogs bite. Is that true? We can get a mindset about certain things. Um, you could put any analogy in there. Just because it happened once, it doesn't mean it's necessarily that's the way life is. Isn't that good news? Just because you failed here doesn't mean you need to fail in the future. Uh, just because something happened bad back here doesn't mean that that badness has to continue to influence your life today. Don't allow the mindset. And so we've got to, and, and, and we've got to break the mold sometimes in life and, and find wisdom far greater than ourselves. And that's what the Scripture is talking about. It says we need to lean into something else because uh, we see that the, uh, it says don't lean on your own understanding. But I tell you what, we, there is an opportunity in our lives to continually lean away from destructive forces and lean into the, the forces that are going to bring life and hope and a future, and that's Jesus Christ, leaning into Him. And so tonight I wanted to take the word simply, the word lean, and use it as an acronym. Do you know what an acronym is? It's using the four letters, and each of the letters represent a point. So, and I'll get to that, but I want to just encourage us that we're going to lean into Christ in our lives. Lean away from destruction. Lean into him. If you were to think of some examples, there was a woman who had been had an issue uh, in her health for 12 years. In actual fact, she had been bleeding for 12 years. And it, and it says in this particular passage in the Bible that she had actually used up all her money, all her life savings, all the money. And for and it for over 12 years on doctors and she'd found no cure for herself. If you think about it, she probably had a big stash of money to be able to sustain her search for a cure over 12 years. And, you know, and, and, and for 12 years, she'd leaned into the hope that she had in the medical profession and we should be thankful for the medical profession, but she didn't find any answers in that. She, did, she leaned into that. She used up all her finance to try and find answers for her health. And finally, she, one day she heard that Jesus Christ was walking through her city. People crowded around him. She stepped out of her comfort zone um, and she leaned into Christ what that fateful day and just touched the edge of his garment. And instantly that encounter brought healing in her body. She leaned away from something. She leaned into Christ. You know, there was four men who brought their mate to Jesus because Jesus turned up in their town one day in Capernaum and he was totally paralyzed. He needed to be carried on a stretcher. They couldn't get him in the front door. The crowd, it was too big a crowd. They went up the top. You know the story. They took the tiles off the roof. They dropped him down by rope right in front of Jesus and there was a crowd there and they're all looking what Jesus is going to do. You know, and it says, Jesus looked at the man and then he looked up and he saw these four guys leaning over the edge, looking through the hole. 
And it says, Jesus says he saw their faith and the man was healed. He healed that man. The guy picked up his bed and walked out of there. What did they do? They leaned, they were hoping, they were leaning into Christ. They were looking to Jesus Christ. So we could go on story. There was, a young, there was a guy called Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. Tax collectors were hated by their own kind because he was Jewish, and yet he ripped his fellow um, Jewish brothers and sisters off because he took too much money from them. And everybody disliked Zacchaeus. In actual fact, when Jesus came through his town, they wouldn't even let him see Jesus. The crowd was too big. And, and it didn't help that he was like really short. He was a short guy. So Zacchaeus, even though he couldn't see Jesus because the crowd was so thick and they wouldn't let him through, he climbed up a tree. He leaned out over a branch. And as he's leaning out over the branch to see Jesus, at that moment as Jesus passes by, he looks up and he says, hey, we need to have a meal together. They have a meal and Zacchaeus encounters Jesus. All his life he'd leaned into his money, into his wealth. All his life he'd, 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 he'd gathered it together. And, and everything about what he did was all about me and what I needed. And, and while he enjoyed that, there was obviously not enough leaning into that didn't sustain him. And it created something of an emptiness in the heart because he needed to know what Jesus Christ had for him. And that's why he leaned out over that tree that day. And that is, he had that meal with Christ. He, in, it says in Scripture that salvation came to his life. He was saved from the old way of life. He had a new life and he gave back money that he'd stolen from his fellow man. What an amazing story of a man who leaned away from a world that was uh, a life that was empty into Jesus Christ. So let's take this word today, lean, and let's uh, pull it apart. And the, the first letter is the word L. L-E-A-N is the four letters. L means to, it means the word stands for look. And it's really simple. It means look to him. Look to him. Because, because there's a saying that goes like this. Look before you leap. It's a good thing to do that. It, it, it means to pause. It means just to take a moment to consider what you're about to do in life. It's, a, it's kind of that analogy of just, just, just be still for a moment. And what you're about to do, is it a good thing? I often can ask myself three questions. Is it true? Is it right? Is it helpful? And if it's not, um, sometimes you say, well, it's not on. I'm not going to do it. But we just need to pause for a moment. We just need to sometimes give ourselves that, that, that moment of relief to get our emotions in check and, and maybe, uh, you know, uh, allow our anger just to subside uh, and maybe allow our, our, our excitement just to, just to come down a level, maybe allow our anxiety just to, just to be at peace before we make a decision. And that's not easy because emotion causes us and, and puts a stranglehold on us sometimes to make a quick decision and we just need to look before we leap and just give a moment. Where do we need to look? So often at those vital moments in life, I think we just need to look to Christ. Just pause for a moment. Let, and it's not so much, um, you know, all of a sudden finding even a verse in the Bible that's going to give you the answer, but it's just allowing his peace of what we sung about tonight to infiltrate our heart and say, God, what's, is there any peace in what I'm about to do or this situation? It's just pausing for a moment. It's looking Unto him. Verse 6 says, In all your ways, what? Acknowledge him. A word acknowledge means to consider by looking or seeing. Did you know that? And, and I love this verse in another, and if you just take it and use it this way, it's saying, In all your ways, look at the one who has the knowledge. Look at the one who has the knowledge. I'm just, see, sometimes I'm, I've been in circumstances and I've got, 
And I think, that looks like a good thing to do. And yet, when I've just paused for a moment and just kind of allowed my heart to be settled and in peace, I suppose just allow his presence, I, I find that it probably isn't the... I, I'd really come to that conclusion that it's really not the best answer. See, we, we need to look unto him. And... Um, and it, and it says in all our ways. It's not just in some ways. I think it's in all our ways we can acknowledge him. God wants to be involved in all your life, not just some of it. And how easy it can be to depend on our experience, and yet things change. And we need to say, is this, you know, just not use experience, but glean some wisdom and understanding of the best the decision you're about to make. Hebrews 12.2 says, looking unto Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And sometimes um, uh, people have said, well, Jesus has started my faith and he's going to finish it. What about, you know, if, there, if there's ever a person who writes a book, they just don't write the introduction in the final chapter. They write the whole story. God wants to be involved in the whole story of your life. He's the author and he's the finisher, but he's also everything in between. And you need to acknowledge him in all your way, in all of your life. See, looking under him. Um, and we can assume that, oh, well, he'll be, he was there at the start, he'll be there at the end. No, 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 give him everything, all of your life, not just little bits and pieces. Oh, you say, well, you know, I don't want him to give him that because I enjoy that. You know, that's the very thing that that could be destroying your life. Why don't you hand it over because you'll give much better than you've ever had before. Um, we acknowledge him in all our ways and the promise is that God will direct our paths. You know, you know, God may direct your paths or just a scripture he may give you, advice of a godly person or Christian around you, or maybe... Uh, the marvelous conversion of circumstances come together and you can just see that's the door that's opening. Um, it may be through inward peace of the Holy Spirit or through a combination of some of those. But you know, the truth is, is that he just says, come on, you just got to pause, look under him. Uh, the scripture just says in Psalm 5.3, I love this verse, it says, my voice you will hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and I'll look up. I don't know when you look up to God, but... Uh, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily have to look up. You just got to look in your heart to where he's at. Because sometimes I just walk a distance away and I need to look back or look where he is and say, are you in this? And is it helpful? Is it right? Uh, is it true? And uh, looking under Jesus. L stands for looking. You know what E stands for? E stands for elevate. Elevate. Elevating him above yourself. Elevating him above yourself. Proverbs 3, 7. This verse up here says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. And you think, what does that mean? Well, you know, you probably know what that means. It, it really means what you think it means. It's saying, um, uh, it, it, it's encouraging us uh, to look beyond ourselves because sometimes to be wise in our own eyes is simply to have arrogance and, and pride and, and uh, self-importance. And, uh, and, you know, here's this little word that I've been thinking about lately, ego, inflated ego, you know, just to have those type of things. And, and you know, I've discovered there's one thing that will destroy your life more than anything else you do and hopefully, you know, that we will not get involved in it, but more than anything in our life will destroy it is inflated ego that pride trip 
I discovered it just rips you off. It suffocates you. It chokes your life. And it's a, it's a real continual uh, tool of the enemy uh, because he wants to use it. Don't be wise in your own self-importance or don't be wise in your own arrogance. Uh, it destroys our lives. Running off in our own importance, it makes us unpliable to any suggestions of change. Did you know that? Unpliable. It makes us resistant to any need to consider another way. It makes us, un- we don't think it's necessary to have anything else. I've got what I need. I have the information. I'm good. No, you know what? We can always learn. It's, you know, I love it. Ego... Ego can, one of the things about ego, it actually denies it even exists. Ego denies that ego exists. And then it takes a new way of thinking of having humility and radical, sometimes self-honesty to get to the point that I have ego and I need to admit that sometimes I'm wrong. And that ego will often find someone else to blame when really we just need to admit our own failure. That's the reality of it, isn't it? Um, And to admit that is a giant step forward. And it's not a bad step. It's a good step to realize that sometimes you might say, well, I, you know, um, I don't think I have a problem. Uh, Well, that's fine. But if you just consider times, it's so often in circumstances, it'll raise its little head up and say, oh, you know, you're you're probably better than anybody else around here anyway. And you might be, but you know, it's a sad day when you've got to continually think that. And it's even a sadder day when you've got to tell everybody else. <laughs> Let someone else blow your trumpet, not you. Um, and see, if you think you are better than anyone else, maybe you're the one who, can, who needs to realize that ego has taken on too big a uh, place in your heart. And... Uh, and the better thing to do would be to just humbly and honestly acknowledge that and let it go. Because it, 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 pride and ego really block our understanding of God. It stops us from moving forward. It stops our progression in Him. It just halts the whole process. And it, and it gives us no other options except what I think is right. And I think that's a sad thing. And that's what, that's what the, uh, Solomon's saying. Be not wise in your own eyes. Healthy confidence And humility say, I am valuable. Ego says, I'm invaluable. King David, uh, Old Testament character, uh, he failed. (laughs) Murder, adultery. uh, You know, I suppose as far as sin goes, I suppose we kind of put those things at the top. (laughs) But, you know, they're really not at the top. Sin is sin. But the reality is David blew it in a major way, and yet his saving grace was his surrendered heart. And uh, uh, David says, it said in Psalm 51.3, he says, I acknowledge my ways are wrong. I acknowledge my wrong. I acknowledge that. And later in the verse, in verse 10, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Saving grace. Isn't that, you know what God said about David? He's the apple of my eye. You know what that means? I, I really admire and love David. Not that he didn't admire and love everybody else. It's just saying, hey, David, you know what? And you know what? Did God, um, uh, you know what God loved him for? You know what God loved him because of his heart was simply surrendered to God. And when he'd done wrong, he, he faced the blame. He took it on himself. He says, yep, he owned up to it. He didn't pass the buck. He, and he took upon himself and said, yeah, I need to sort this one out. And he humbly came before God. 
What a wonderful attitude David had. And, and, and his predecessor, or, or the person after him, was a king called Solomon. Um, um, uh, sorry, Saul was before him, I should say. And, and, and of all the, the kings, man, it, Saul looked like he had it. He was uh, handsome, he was tall, he was good in battle, he was everything. But they were, and, and Saul never committed murder, and Saul never committed adultery, and yet Saul never surrendered his heart, and so thus he faded into the distance. And he'll always be known, unfortunately, for the king that walked away from God, and his pride and his ego took a hold of him. And yet David done the worst things possible, more worse than Saul, and yet we see his heart was surrendered to God. You know, it's a good story because it, it realizes there's always opportunity for us. 1 Peter 5.5 5 says, God, be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Here's the third letter. L-E, what are we up to? A. A means aggravate. Not one another. Not your parents. Not your children. Uh, not your school teachers. Don't aggravate them. It says, uh, uh, aggravate the devil. Do you know how you aggravate the devil? Don't give him any attention. He hates it. You don't give him any attention. See, the word devil and the word evil, the difference is D. Ever thought that? D-E-V-I-L, E-V-I-L, evil, E-V-I-L. The difference is one letter, D. And D always stands for, in my mind, as I remember, depart. Depart from evil. Um, it says in... Uh, this verse, verse 7, fear the Lord and what? Depart from evil. You know, if there's one thing we need to do is continually, you know, depart from evil. Sometimes we, some people have said, oh, I don't believe in the devil. Well, that's okay. The devil likes you believing that. <laughs> there was a song written by a guy called Keith Green. No one believes in me anymore. And he was talking from the devil's, writing the words from the devil's side of things, saying, oh, no one believes in me anymore. It's brilliant. That's exactly what he wants. So, um, and one thing that aggravates the devil is departing from evil. Nothing aggravates him more than ignoring him and his suggestions. And his suggestions like fear and sorrow and envy and resentment and hatred and guilt and emotional stress and all those things he wants to create in our mind, um, which are just suggestions, are the things he wants to bring you down with. And you've got to ignore them. You've got to give no attention to that because they're all just suggestions. Um, do you know it says in verse 8, if we fear the Lord and depart from evil, it will be what? Health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Do you know that 60% of ailments in Australia today are caused by emotional issues and struggles that cause ill health in people's bodies? Did you know that? Isn't that amazing? That's what they say. 60% medical profession. Don't listen to me. That's what the medical profession say. And the fear and the anxiety and stress on people's lives creates medical problems within their body. And you know, no wonder they wrote this in Scripture thousands of years ago. And it says, you know what? If you fear the Lord, He's going to give you peace. Depart from the devil. Ignore Him. Don't give Him attention. And you know what? It'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. What a brilliant thing. Am I saying we should do away with doctors and no nurses and hospitals? No, we shouldn't. But the reality is, is that there, are, you know, it's been medically um, uh, proven that people who pray live longer. Isn't that amazing? Not really. <laughs> Not giving into the suggestions 
not giving in any traction in our lives to what he, his suggestions that he brings up. 1 John 3 eight says, The Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the evil one. Uh, if Christ is manifest in us through the Holy Spirit, shouldn't that be what we can do as well? How do you destroy the works of the evil one? Don't give in to them. Give no attention to it. No attention at all. Jesus was tempted. And you know the word tempted, it means enticed. Uh, Jesus was, he tried to lure Jesus, seduce Jesus. Um, the devil didn't physically harm him. He won't physically harm you, okay? Um, but what he'll try and do is seek your attention. The devil's attention seeker. Don't give it to him and he won't have any say in your life. Pretty simple, isn't it? Aggravate him. Here's the last one. And let's go with that. Uh, the last letter is N. N means never and never means couple more words, never give up. Never give up. Psalm 3.1 says, Do not forget my law. Let your heart keep my commandments. In that verse there, verse 1. The words don't forget and keep are words that are associated with endurance and never giving up. Never giving up. And uh, I was thinking about it generally, a general statement. Not everybody's statement, but generally we live in a give up society. Give up a marriage. Give up in friends, give up in work, give up caring, give up the job, give up being faithful. Just, oh, I had enough. Anything too hard? I'm walking away from it. You ever heard of the saying, take your bat and ball and go home? We've got to stop it because that's what the devil wants you to do. You know, we don't need to. We don't need to give up. Um, let's put our hand to the plow and not look back. Amen? As it says in Luke, our human spirit becomes distracted at the extra moment that we have to endure and it seems too much. And you know what? You and I want some things to change. You and I want some things to be different. Well, you know, I've discovered how things can be different by enduring and not giving up. We want instant, instant relief, instant answers, instant things. You know, I can go to McDonald's, get instant coffee, I can instant food. It's all there within minutes. And if it's too long, we get upset. I want instant um, internet connection. I want it faster, bigger, better. I want it all instant. You know, I've discovered all those things are good. I love all those things. They're brilliant. But the reality is I often find that the, the things that really matter in life don't come instant. They come when I stick around and don't and endure. When I, I'm willing to say, hey, you know, this is, it's okay. I'm going to push through this. And it's amazing how much my character is developed when I decide to push through. Amen. Endurance is not a moment or an event in your life. It's not what happens in just one prayer sometimes. Well, I'll be, I prayed last year. Well, why don't you pray again? I prayed last Tuesday. I prayed for two minutes last year. Well, why don't you pray for another two today and actually tomorrow as well? I read the Bible last year. Well, why don't you read it again? Endure. Getting it out. Going again. Endurance is a process, not an event. It means keep on going. It's not just all of a sudden come upon you one day out of the blue. It's called endurance because it takes a long time to do. Does that make sense? And, and the word endurance means to carry on despite the hardship or to carry on through. It means to push through. You say, I don't like this Christianity. It's okay. You know, if you live in the world, anything that of substance, you've got to endure too if you're going to grow in any way. It always comes with commitment and endurance, doesn't it? Um, the word endurance means, as I said, carry on. And the, we could take the word um, and uh, replace it 
uh, we could take that word and use it in these ways. Endurance means to carry on through despite the fact that you got hurt. Endurance means uh, despite the fact that you ran out of money, despite the fact that someone said something nasty, despite the fact that your prayer didn't get answered straight away, despite the fact that we even got sick when we thought we shouldn't have. It means, hey, if God's our God, isn't he a God that's faithful to us? And we could trust him. Um, Paul says in 2 Timothy 2.12, endure and you will reign with him. Do you know what I, I, I admit? I like the rain bit. I want to reign because you know what reign means? It means to have authority, to govern, to dominate. I like that. I like that. You know, to have all the joy of the, the victory and, the, you know, and all that type of thing. Man, that's good. I love that bit. But, you know, I don't get to there unless I do the endure bit. And sometimes we just want to jump to the reigning bit. Oh, I just want to reign and rule. Yeah, and have the victory and have the joy and the peace. But I've discovered that it takes some endurance to get there. In other words, what we have sometimes is just a false hope and a false joy. And it's really not uh, got any substance to it. Too many people want to reign and rule and have dominion, but they don't realize they need to endure. Um, and, and that's what we need to do. Um, as the musicians come this evening, there's a wonderful story of a young 12-year-old girl. It's a true story. She, um, she'd been... Uh, Running for a couple of weeks, she'd been um, enjo- enjoying running. And, and she enjoyed it so much, she comes from um, uh, Rock- Rochester in New York. And she signed up with, and her parents helped her sign up for a five-kilometer fun run on a particular day. And so her, her mother took her to the start line, and uh, they were running a bit late. So she got out of the car and went up to the start line. Within a couple of minutes, the gun went off, and she started the race. And her mother thought, I'll catch her at the end of the race. So her mother went to the finish line and waited for her daughter. And, um, um, you know, everybody kind of started to come across the finish line, all the fast people and then the people who were kind of not so fast and then those who have walked. And and she was kind of there for about three quarters of an hour to an hour and there was no one else coming and her daughter didn't finish she wasn't in the crowd that came across the line. She's thinking she's worried now. She got a hold of a policeman and for another two hours they tried to find her daughter. They found her daughter. Uh, she was with a policeman, another policeman, and around her neck was a uh, medal and it said uh, half marathon finisher. And if you know a half marathon is not, five kilometers is 21.2 kilometers. It's a bit further than five. Would you agree? So what had happened is that the mother in her rush to get her daughter there and the daughter in her rush to get involved in the race, thinking they were late, when she got to the start line, she jumped into the half marathon, the 21 kilometer race, and didn't realize the 5K started 15 minutes later. So she took off in this race, and this is the story, 13 kilometers into the race, the young 12-year-old got enough gumption up and enough confidence up to ask someone who she was kind of just jogging lightly beside and say, how long is this race? She said, oh, it's the half marathon, 21 Ks. The young girl had an option. She had a choice right there. She either just kind of gave up on it and thought, well, I've done 5K, that'll do. But she said, I've come this far, I might as well go the whole distance. And she ran the 21.2 kilometers. She finished it. 
And she was very proud of herself. What odds would you give a 12-year-old who only started running two weeks earlier of finishing a half marathon? Uh, I probably wouldn't have given her much option, much odds at all. And then again, there's another question. What odds would you give yourself? If you were asked to run a half marathon, would it be more than you give the girl or less to the girl? And it's an interesting question because... Sometimes we find ourselves in an unexpected race. And, and, it's, and, it, and the, the reason that it's unexpected is we thought it, it's not something we signed up for. And, and usually it means it, it, that means it's longer and it's harder than we thought it would be. But, you know, I found the Christian faith sometimes, there's an incredible peace and joy for those who embrace it and sign up for it. But at the same time, there's times when you face some elements of growth and hardship. And did I really sign up for this? You know what? It's good for us. I'd rather be facing some hardship in Christ than facing hardship in the world. I'd rather have, find some gumption and, and endurance in my life. And, you know, you have a choice at those moments in life when you find it that it's something you thought, well, I didn't sign up for this. You've got a choice to say yes or no. You've got a choice to say, I'm going to embrace it. I'm not going to pull out of the race. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to lean forward into all that I need to lean forward into. And I need to endure and take this race and finish it. And running through, and sometimes you run through disappointments and you run through a lot of emotions that you wish you didn't have to face. But you know, we come out so much better. Paul says, I run a race. He says, I push forward for the goal, it says in Scripture. Not looking back, I push forward in Christ. I wonder where you stand tonight. Maybe there's a, you're in this race and you feel it's a bit hard at the moment. There's been some difficulties, there's been some struggles. There's been times when you just feel like, <laughs> want to give up. You know, and I'm, I'm grateful to a God that has heard my prayer of God, I've had enough and yet still loves me. And yet in the end, as I've endured, He's strengthened me to come through. I'm glad we've got a God who's honest and, and we can be honest with Him. He's not about to hit you over the head when you just acknowledge your struggle and your frustration and everything. In actual fact, some of you just need to start talking to God about life and the struggles and the frustrations you feel because He wants to hear you and not tell it to the, you know, your next door neighbor. Don't tell it to the person at work and don't tell it to everybody else. Maybe you need to put God on the priority list of your life and say, God, I need you. I just need you. I was, uh, last year, I was, I was involved in a little running club in Gladstone. And, um, and as we run, the coach or the guy who was, um, who was leading this group would sometimes just do videos of the people running. And this one particular day, he'd done a video of me. And it, it, for no other reason, just to show me. And he came up to me after we'd finished our running um, laps. And he said, I just want to show you something. I said, certainly. And he showed me running. He says, see how... I could help you if you would just lean a little bit more forward when you run because you run too upright. And if you lean forward, you'll find your natural tendency of your body would to be have more, um, more um, uh, what is the word, um, motivational thrust to move forward and you'll find it a little bit easier. I said, thank you. And easier said than done, mind you, <laughs> when you're so used to running a certain style. But the whole point was, he says, if you just would tilt your body forward a bit, you'll find it a little bit easier. And you want to say that some of you just need to lean in to Christ. We just need to, in 2008, we need to lean into Christ. Some of us have been leaning on our, just our own understanding. We lean on a lot of other stuff, stuff that we have in our 
finance, whatever it is. We lean on, on, on the hope of a job or the, all those things in the world that just are fleeting and they'll not last. But if we can lean into Him, uh, find life so much better. In those strategic moments, would you remember that Christ, God's there? So could we stand tonight as we finish? In all your ways, it says acknowledge Him. And if you would acknowledge, acknowledge the one who has all the knowledge. <laughs> acknowledge the one. Put your hand in the hand of the man who can, and that's Jesus Christ. So tonight as we're just in this meeting, I wonder if there's anybody here tonight who just needs to say yes to Jesus. Um, yes to Jesus for the very first time. Maybe again you need to say yes to Jesus. I'd love to just pray with you where you stand tonight. I'd, if you just want to acknowledge and say yes, just consider for a moment. Just, uh, you could just give each other a bit of privacy. You could close your eyes and just consider your own life.